Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We have a very special guest today, Mackenzie Moser. You're from North Carolina. You went to school near where I grew up. Um, and you do real estate, but you've also started um, a podcast recently that I enjoy and you're friends with friends of mine. So I wanted to talk to you about what you got going on. So introduce yourself. Well, thanks for having me. This is fun. It's fun to see your mm -hmm. setup. Uh, my name is Mackenzie. I, like you said, from the East Coast, from North Carolina, I do commercial real estate full time, work with my family and a small family business. So and recently did start a podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm very new to it and figuring out it's a lot more than I originally thought, but it's called American Made Stories. And what are you trying to do with it? I mean, American Made Stories, what does that mean to you? So I'm the product mm -hmm. of an American Made Story that my dad grew up in an abusive alcoholic home where he statistics would show that he wouldn't make it he wouldn't succeed mm. and he grew up in a very rough area he, he would find his dad drunk passed out underneath um trailers and okay. having a single mother um working three jobs at a very young age mm. he decided i'm not gonna live this way right. and i'm going to start my own business and so he started cutting grass, ended up growing it. And when he went to school, paid for his own school and was able to send some money home and started painting and was a serial entrepreneur navigating through um, just trying to figure out how to not be in the position that his family was in. Painting like painting houses or painting pictures? painting houses, okay. painting apartments, yeah, painting, okay, yeah. whatever, right? um, cutting grass, yeah. whatever came along. And he started getting in the real estate business. And so yeah, he, I actually listened to the story on your show. He borrowed money from a buddy of his, right? And, borrowed a hundred percent, started the car washes, start, started the self storage. Mm -hmm. And he was able to change the trajectory of his family. And for myself, I, loved real estate. I loved going with my dad to all of the places and believe that capitalism is the anecdote to poverty mm. and everything that we're experiencing in our country. And especially the last several years has caused so much frustration that the government has been overreaching yeah. and it is harming the people that they say that they're helping. And I believe that just working with the small businesses, I've seen firsthand some of those frustrations. And so I started originally out of frustration, originally out of anger, doing deep dives into, okay, how did we get here? How did we come to this place that things are so crazy? And it's hurting the small businesses. Right. And I just started... Well, small business is kind of a code word for ordinary people you know right. what I mean entrepreneurs yeah, yeah. that because you don't see when, it, when when things go sideways during uh, the uh, uh, last couple of years shutdowns and things like that Amazon did pretty well Walmart and Target still did pretty well but you know a lot of small businesses got put out of business actually I think 750,000 
privately owned family businesses went out of business forever. Like some some closed down for a while. Seven hundred, at least seven hundred fifty thousand closed permanently, which means that family lost their entire life savings. Probably they lost their uh, their ability to gain any kind of upward mobility. So they're back at square one now. Right. Whereas and banks I saw are getting that, ba- bailed out. You know what that- I mean families and people that I, that had that American dream that they wanted to create better for themselves. They'd started those businesses. And in, I work in North and South Carolina in North Carolina, they were told that they had to completely shut down, Mm -hmm. but in South Carolina, they could be open. It was just a 20 minute drive, but families that I'd helped in North Carolina, I would walk into their businesses, seeing them crying because it was their life savings. And they were just told, they had to stop, but they still had to make their payments to the bank. They still had to feed their families and they did have to shut down their businesses. And so out of anger, I started getting involved with figuring out, okay, like I said, how did we get here and how did we get to a place where the government could have so much control and started reading like Thomas Paine's common Mm -hmm. sense and, understanding, okay, why did America even start when I believe that this is the greatest country? How, how are we here today? And it, and it led to frustration after frustration that I don't think we're at a place where our founding fathers originally intended. So how do we get back to our roots? And instead of what you are saying, instead of sitting around complaining what can we do to be a part of the problem because it is it's we the people we the people are part of the solution that we all are given gifts we're all in specific places we're all in specific roles and have opportunities in our life that we can play a part in the solutions right yeah it's uh it's it's really interesting to me what you were referring to by the way we talked about off camera before something i talk about a lot on the show which is um just the the general premise of what it means to be a citizen and the premise of the show um you can you know bitch and moan about your rights and wait for somebody else to secure them for you or and and you will ultimately be a subject under the rule because they will dictate to you what exactly it is you are allowed to do that's why i have kind of a um i guess you could say a love-hate relationship with democracy. A lot of people in politics right now talk about our democracy. One, we don't, we're not in a democracy. We're in a republic, right? Which is not right. the same. But constitutional uh, republic. Yeah, just just the the idea that democracy is somehow this noble form of government is kind of asinine to me, frankly. I mean, it's it's people believe that democracy means having control over your own life, but that's not what it really means. It's it, it's the acceptance that the state has control over you uh and the democratic process represents just crumbs from the plate of government power to give you some illusion of control over your life in reality what democracy actually gives you is some small measure of control over your neighbors over everybody else which i'm not really comfortable with that i'm not i don't want to be in control of other people right and then it gives you one out of x where x represents the voting population in your area control over your own life so if there's ten thousand people in your county and you're voting on a county issue, you have one ten thousand of control over your own life, essentially. Right. Now, that doesn't sound great to me, frankly. Um, but, you know, some someone said, even about capitalism, I don't know if, it, I think it was Milton Friedman, he goes, capitalism is the worst form of a, uh, uh, 
the worst economic system except for all the other ones, right? Which right. is like, it's not perfect, but maybe we need to do something here to... Um, it allows uh, people yeah. to have opportunity, to have mm -hmm. hope, to yeah. dream, to take... Well, to have agency over their own life. Right. right, which is what we want and what your podcast of some of that, the list of what it means to be mm -hmm. a citizen. I loved like the first two that I will support and defend liberty against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I will do something every day to help my country, my countrymen, or all men, mm -hmm. that that liberty is so important. It is, yeah, but, and it's, I, I always say that individual liberty and personal entrepreneurship are the ultimate inoculations to tyrannical bullshit, right? Right. Those are the two, th like a, a strong individual prevents, it prevents collectivist power in the hands of the state that might be leveraged against the population, right? That's right. the only way to do it. It's like, a, a, it legitimately is an inoculation. Um, and we talk about, we talk about acts of heroism and the nobility. I was in the military, so I hear a lot about that. Um, we hear about it pretty much every day. But what about the nobility of acting in small ways on a daily basis every single day to prevent the conditions wherein heroism is even necessary in the first place. You know what I mean? Right. Like, wh who, why are we not championing that part of it? Like we, if, if somebody comes up with a great idea and like, Oh man, that's a great idea uh, to solve this problem we had. Well, what about the people at work every day to prevent the problem from happening in the first place? And then, you know, right. because it's aspirational, you want, you want people to see that you're doing good things to liberate yourself and then sharing that capability with everybody else so they can do it as well. There's an old saying, you have two hands for a reason, one to pull yourself up and one to pull the next person up with you. Right. right. That's, that's kind of how I've organized my life because nobody eats alone. And if you do, you're kind of an asshole, to be honest. Exactly. And I think originally out of frustration and then getting to the point of, okay, what are some solutions and then surrounding yourself with people that also care what's going on in the country what's going on in the county and during that time of frustration i met these incredible people for example who you know sarah verardo mm -hmm. who at the same time i met her we had just pulled out of afghanistan and at that moment I was in Pismo Beach, California. I was out on the pier. There was a veteran. He was so, he seemed so down and so sad, but everyone else was just going about their business like nothing had happened. And I remember crying and being out there thinking like, do we not recognize what's going on? Do mm. we not recognize what's going on in the world, what this means? And I uh, sat with this veteran and we specifically prayed of God, how can we help? And what I genuinely heard God tell me in that time, and I know it sounds weird, is just be available. Mm. And we're so busy in our everyday lives and going through the motions of our jobs, families, and there's so much content and things thrown at us all the time that we don't know exactly what to believe. But I remember hearing that, and then the next weekend just invited to a little event where they all of their staff mm -hmm. had COVID so they couldn't help and so they just need needed someone at the last minute and I went it was Sarah Verardo's event for the independence fund mm -hmm. with the track chairs and it was all these people that seemed so genuine and then started getting connected with 
another person that cared about what was going on. And they were doing these incredible things that inspired me in my walk and in my everyday life of, okay, there's more that I can do. How can we help, whether it's helping the small business, helping the person next to you, but you're I believe that everyone's put in situations purposefully and with relationships mm. purposefully that you can use those for the greater good. And that was even part of starting the podcast is every day I felt like I was meeting with people that had a different perspective on just our country in general that was different than what was being told in the media. Mm. And so I wanted to share those stories of why did they come to this country? What did they flee from? and the appreciation of what we have here and what we're trying to protect that I feel like, especially in my generation and below, sometimes mm. it's just not recognized what we have oh, because yeah. we do have it so good here. It's really silly, man. It's like, think about it this way. Would you take advice from, or, or not maybe not advice, but whose opinion whose opinion would you respect more about getting pregnant and labor pains? A woman who's done that several times and had several children, or a dude, right? And and right. Here, here's the metaphor: Who would I trust more to tell me about socialism and communism and their effects? Somebody that is in the Pacific Northwest who's never faced any real hardship in their entire lives and lived in a capitalistic system, or somebody who literally like almost died trying to flee from communism. Exactly. It seems that it seems very obvious who you would respect and whose opinion you respect in that situation, right? Right. And during that time I felt like every corner I was turning there was someone that had this experience that they came to this country whether they had 5 cents mm. in their pocket and started from scratch and was able to succeed or they had fled a really bad mm. situation in another country and it whether it was their faith or just the hope mm. of coming to this country that that's what I wanted to protect that we stay and remain that hope for the world that we stay an opportunity for right. people that I feel like we're at such a fragile place that why do people not recognize that yeah, it's, uh, uh, I, you know, people get criticized for saying things like, I used to be proud to be an American or, um, uh, you know, I guess quips like, I want my country back or however you want to phrase it. But it is interesting to ask, you know, I, I, think, I think the conversation needs to drill down into why it is people would be proud of America in the first place, right? Right. And the Just fact that patriotism yeah, that yeah, yeah. it, it yeah. seems so silly but like right. i love this country do you love this country yeah, yeah but but why though right it's like there's a lot of reasons uh there's a there's a lot of reasons to to dislike you know not to dislike america i guess but to you know there are a lot of things in america that that could be changed and fixed certainly that's always going to be the case in any system of government in any country but um the fact that the uh the second and third world are desperate to leave their countries and come here should be a good sign that things are going relatively well. Right. right. And it's like, if you're looking for a read that, that's what I mean when I say, uh, it, it, when I say I'm proud to be an American, it's like we've created a system that's 
you know, without too much government interference like we're seeing now. But generally speaking, left to its own devices is a relatively self-correcting system and one that provides opportunities that you just can't get anywhere else in the world for the most part. Right. That's something that you should be proud of. Right. And, and what but what comes just like with the concept of citizenship comes the responsibility to perform the duties required of you to secure that citizenship. Being proud in something and contributing nothing to it, that's not pride. Right. Right. That's not real. Because if you were proud, you would be doing something to maintain the country's status or to make it better, I think. Right? I agree. And not just trashing it all the time. Right. And I want to share about the just the miracle of our country mm-hmm. that I know um, you've read the Declaration of Independence, but most people, have they even read it? And some of the things in it that are mm-hmm. so incredible to me. And I'm a believer, and I believe mm. that there was divine guidance in the creation of our country. And so some of those stories are so incredible to me, so inspiring. When you read the Declaration of Independence where it shares that they are endowed by their creator mm. and then ends talking about the divine protection. And then you share some of the stories, like you know the story of George Washington mm. at the French and Indian War, which I've shared with some of my 1730s i believe or or 40s 1740s 17 yeah well no it wasn't the 30s and 40s the french and indian war was 1770 what it was 1770s i believe that's what i was going to say 1775 because it was right before oh wow okay and So You're it right. It was for right. 10 years then. Right. It, okay. And just at one of the battles, the, do you know the story where George Washington and the bullets, where mm. everyone, the majority, died around him and two horses were shot from underneath him, but he escaped untouched. And when he shares with people, it is there's divine protection. And even the Indian that allied with the French came back to him and he literally quoted, I have it um, written that he said, his men could not shoot young, young Washington, even at close range. He said, the great spirit protects that man and guides his destinies. He will become the chief of many nations and a people yet unborn will hail him as founder of a mighty empire. I'm come to pay homage to the man who is a particular favorite of heaven and who can never die in battle. And you hear story after story like that, where some of the leaders and the founding fathers of our country had that divine protection yeah it's interesting uh because he wasn't george washington wasn't really a household name until kind of late in the continental congress process right i mean eventually when people started to because pennsylvania new york a couple of other places in the north and then uh north and south carolina especially were anti-war they didn't want to go to war with the british crown and, and eject them from the country and stuff um the Pennsylvanias because they were Quakers or some shit. I don't, I don't remember what their beef was. Although I think Ben Franklin was in favor of it. But anyways, um, yeah, it wasn't until they needed his money and his soldiers that he kind of became a household name. But it did. Uh, you know, there is uh, in English literature this concept of providence, right, that comes up quite a bit. Um, just being in the right place at the right time. And maybe that's just how I don't believe works, that. You know, who knows? Um, 
but he's he he was of uh, particularly notable character. There were a lot of uh, the, we we think a lot of people think of the founding fathers in uh, pretty uh, uh, they they have this this idea that everybody was kind of tugging on the same side of the rope, and it wasn't true, right? Because Alexander right. Hamilton was trying to create an aristocracy in the country and a federal bank, you know, two hundred years before one actually got created, well, one hundred fifty years, right? Um, uh, which was would would have been disastrous at the time and is considerably worse now. But you know what are we gonna do? Um, and you know the the but George Washington especially. There were two two critical things that aside from just being the first president, there were two critical things that he contributed, and both of them are some of the finest examples of leadership I've ever seen. The first was um, after we won the war. And they were deciding on what the honorific title for the president was going to be. Um, there was a long list of suggestions, things like your majesty, the president, and all this other stupid shit. And he says, no, Mr. President, and nothing more. That's That was the quote from him. Because he wanted it to be just a job for a man. Right. right. Not a man, but a, like a person. To go, um, serve, leave. Right. And then the second thing was, at the end of his second term, he decided to retire and let somebody else become president because he didn't want to establish long-term service in federal office right right he did that he could have been king here he could have been president for the rest of his life if he chose to be but they uh, were fleeing from a monarchy they were right, fleeing from right. king george the third but his number one advisor was alexander hamilton hamilton tried to foment insurrection one time uh between the continental army and the congress and stuff uh but washington used him for what he could use him for he i mean he just to be honest as a military leader his win-loss record, not the best, right. you know what I mean? But as a, a civil servant after the fact, um, I don't. people ask who the best president is these days. I think there's a lot of recency bias. Um, people will say that, uh, that one president recently is the best or the worst. We've had worse, I promise you, right? Uh, Lincoln didn't exactly, actually, or You think exactly, there's worse than our current? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he's just asleep. I don't think Biden's even a president. Right. There, um, there's so much control outside of his seat. He's just a pawn. But um, yeah, I mean, Jimmy Carter's still worse than than Biden is now, to be honest. Um, but James Buchanan's the worst because he he's the reason that we, in my opinion, and I think our producer Bob out there is a historian as well. Um, Buchanan set the stage for the civil war he's the one that made that happen really right lincoln just kind of was there when it happened but it was really buchanan but anyways uh washington that's the kind of guy you can look at and be you know when, when i say be proud to be an american you have to you know kind of drill down on what pride is and what it looks like in action like what caring means because right. virtue signaling just saying you care about something that's meaningless doesn't mean anything um, that works need to go along. Right. I think Paul that. may have said something about that. Right. Um, but, uh, with like, I, I wonder what is America? It's not geography, right? Our geography has changed significantly since the beginning from 13 colonies to 50, um, and then protectorates and all this other stuff. Right. Like what is that American spirit? Yeah. What is that American value to you? Yeah. And it's not the government, right? Because we, our system of government was set up to be antagonistic towards itself, right? It's been captured by uh, an aristocratic class, which may have always been bound to happen, I guess. But, uh, you know, America is just the idea that individual liberty is the most important thing. 
that your personal agency comes before the collective. And it was, uh, it was a big gamble, right? Because there's a price to pay for Liberty, right? Not, not just. And do we like understand in, that? Like, do yeah. we recognize that sacrifice? Like whenever we're talking about sacrifice mm-hmm. today, it's, is it, is there a financial risk? Mm-hmm. Is there a risk that someone's going to be upset with me or make fun of me for doing something? But do we recognize that these men that went before us that are allowing us to live in the freedom that we have sacrificed their lives? Mm. And I know we say that. For an that idea, right? I mean, it's, for it's, an idea. It's, it's one thing for somebody to break into your actual house and you defend your family. Right. That, that's, that's a very obvious way to do something. But for to go do that on behalf of your country, but really you're doing it on behalf of this idea, is a lot more meaningful to me. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one toolkit. This summer, HelloFresh is here to take the work out of eating well. I talk about this all the time. Uh, If you're not like me and just eat primarily meat, you want to actually feed your family like a normal human being, um, HelloFresh is a great way to do it. All the ingredients, as is in the name, are fresh, uh, proportioned out. You know, you can, they're also pretty flexible on how you can order things and things like that. Um, uh, You can reach your goals with delicious, calorie-smart, protein-rich foods and dinner options. Um, If you're stuck in a recipe rut, I know a lot of people get into this. One of the biggest problems people have with eating healthy is they get stuck in a rut. They get tired of eating the same thing over and over. Well, take a bite out of something new with 40 recipes per week that you can choose from with options to please even the pickiest eaters. If you've got some in in your family, your children or something, you always find meals for everyone at the table to enjoy. Um, Ross has used this for years. I've used it in the past. Uh, It's really, really good. Uh, The food's really good. The recipes are great. They're super simple. Um, You know, it's going to save you time from the grocery store. It's going to save you money because, uh, believe it or not, it's uh, relatively inexpensive. And it's going to make sure you're eating right. One of the biggest barriers to this stuff, I'm telling you, is having junk food in your house, not having other better options, or getting bored with the, the food that you're eating. And this is going to solve all those problems, HelloFresh. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Citizen16. That's Citizen16. And use the code Citizen16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's uh, HelloFresh.com slash Citizen16. Use the code Citizen16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. And uh, uh, let me know how you like them. Hit us up in the comments on social media and stuff and let us know how you like it. This episode is brought to you as well by Babbel, babbel babbel.com. If you have an upcoming summer trip abroad, my go-to travel hack is Babbel. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or embarking on your first adventure, communication is key to fully experiencing a new culture. You don't want to sound like an idiot. Let's just be really clear about that. And that's where Babbel comes in. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. It's the most popular language learning app of all time, and in my opinion, the most effective. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson, so you can start having real-life conversations in as little as three weeks. Babbel's expertly crafted lessons are built around real life. You learn how to have practical conversations about travel, relationships, business, and more. Uh, Other language learning apps use 
uh, AI for their lesson plans. Um, and we see where that goes. But Babel lessons were created by over 150 language experts who have taught thousands, tens of thousands of people. Uh, voiced by real native speakers, not computers, so you get those accents correct and it doesn't sound all weird and robotic. The teaching met method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babel, there's up to 14 languages you can choose from. And the speech recognition technology, which I think is their best feature, again, helps you improve your pronunciation and accent so you can really get into those conversations. There's so many ways to learn with Babbel in addition to lessons. You can access podcasts, games, video stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash American. That's B-A-B-B-E-L. Dot com slash American for up to 55% off your subscription. Babel, language for life. And you think about their mindset then that it was so important to them to flee <clears throat> from that monarchy and have <clears throat> that freedom that they were willing to sacrifice everything. <clears throat> and people are still doing that today, that they're leaving places where there's no economic opportunity. There is no future for their families, that they want something better and I believe that it's worth defending mm. today, defending still, and take back where the liberties have been taken. Mm. And when the government has expanded to a place where its original intentions, where it's not supposed to be, I think that you've shared about it before, that our founding documents say it's not just a right, it is our duty, mm. and it should not be taken lighthearted that we should not, for light or transient causes, make changes. But it is our duty, if we see the ramifications of the expansion of government and where we are today, it is our duty to do everything we can to change it for right. the future of our country, for the future of mm citizens to succeed and continue to have the economic hope and prosperity that we've been able to have because of those sacrifices. Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be uh, like, honestly, sometimes I feel embarrassed for us. Like we're going to be the last ones to get to enjoy things before everything's fucked. You know what I mean? Right. Um, not, not thrilled about that. And it is a lot more complex now, I guess it used to be that most people uh well i think a large group of people are just apolitical because that that's where the phrase people vote with their wallets right because regardless of what's going on foreign policy or socially people as long as there's money in their account and food in their freezer they don't really give a shit right, right. a lot they, of they don't a, think there's a big group of people that don't care right um which and i would say fair enough but the majority mm. may be that way but then there mm. are some well, not people... anymore but yeah it was it was like that for a very long time and there are people that care, but they don't know exactly what to do about it. Mm -hmm. And so there isn't a here's step by step of this is what you can do to make your country better. That it takes, in my opinion, the entrepreneurial mm -hmm. spirit and just the thought process of one recognizing where we are today, then recognizing what gifts has and I'm a believer, so I believe mm. that God gives gifts purposefully. So what gifts has God given you in the position that he's given, put you in, that you can do something that specific day or that week or something that you can start that inspires other mm. someone else right. to have that mindset? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's interesting because you know, you you seem to have become obsessed with uh, figuring out how to maximize self-reliance and liberty and maybe that's a function of hearing stories from your dad and him having to build on his own uh whereas uh, the typical white woman trope is that you become obsessed with true crime podcasts right uh <laughs> that, right <laughs> but you're into that too probably right not really okay, i don't you're... necessarily have time for that um, okay. i we're so busy in our role mm-hmm. that it should be so simple to start a business but there's so many government entities that, and I don't think this is their intention, but they actually just stand in the way from Mm -hmm. people starting and just free market capitalism in general. So we have, you have local government, you Mm -hmm. have state government, and you have the federal government. And sometimes the three of those are not on the same page. And so just to have, to build a simple house or to build a business, building where a business can start Mm. it would it seems like it should be simple but it's not and so i'm in the throes of that every day going to the public meetings and you're working with people that normally or in your everyday life you would typically have no encounters Mm. with these people but you end up having strong relationships with to try to get things through the governmental system that it's messed up but what do you do to fix it and so it, it's just crazy our everyday is crazy yeah i bet I that mean, the the permitting process and all the things that happen with real estate are ridiculous yes uh, and then you know the and just like the property feder- rights being taken yeah, the, the, that yeah there's there's a lot of stuff going on in south dakota with that right now with uh, um a couple of uh, companies that are using eminent domain just to steal people's property from them or right. just to like survey on their property and, and stuff like that. It's like, dude, you know, I feel like uh, it seemed like the Dakotas would have been safe from that sort of thing because, you know, typically pretty conservative up there, but I guess right. not. Um, and I understand the need for infrastructure. I mm-hmm. understand the need for some government programs that, I mean, government is a necessary evil. Ideally, I would like to have no government, but you Mm -hmm. can't go to that extreme. And I've been to that extreme. What, in Somalia? Well, not visiting, but just in my um, process of like, okay, so at what, where do we go from here? That Mm -hmm. the solution isn't no government, it's the necessary evil, but limited government. Mm -hmm. And how do we navigate from where we are today for the public good, it you start spinning in circles a little bit, but I love to be with people and talk with people that are trying to figure out those solutions because it is up to us. We're governed by the people, for the people, that we each have that role. Yeah, but it's a, it's an act, right? Like it's something they actually have to do. Right. That's that's the that, that this is where we find ourselves now. We we have two groups of of people, and I don't think it's a right versus left political situation. It is it's no, pe- not at all. It's people who want to be taken care of, right, and people who want to be left alone, right. And they are at odds right now, right, because there's implications to both of those things. Like any, any and I'm of the 
camp of I want to be left alone. Oh, think, it is yeah, the people yeah. that are going to take care. Mm. I know you're not a big Ronald Reagan fan. Who told you that? I listened to one of your podcasts, and I don't know if that's true. He but tripled I, the size of government. Right. So I'm not, a th- I'm not right. thrilled with that, right? But then at the same time, just the quote where he says one the of the scariest, scariest things the is, language, I'm yeah. from the government and yeah. I'm here to help. That, yeah. no, they stand in the way of mm-hmm. the people that are actually trying to help. And when you give the government a dollar, how many hands does it touch? And how much of that dollar actually goes to what they're what they say they're trying to help here you can tell because you can tell by how they set laws so a 501c3 a 501c3 charitable organization legally is only required to spend two percent of its revenue on the actual cause the other 98 percent can be spent on whatever they want like marketing employees whatever right i didn't know that that's crazy though so I assume two percent of the money we give the government is actually being well. I mean, we know that the DOD. But then is they get mis- to the the DOD is missing two point three trillion dollars worth of equipment with a T. That's like that's that's almost our GDP for a year. Right. right? It's so insane because there's no oversight, and that's where it mm-hmm. goes back to the capitalism and why I love the small businesses because it's someone's name on it. Someone has the passion mm-hmm. that. They're going to do everything they can to make that work. They're going to, it's their dollars. So they're going to be the best steward of that than anybody else. And the government doesn't do that. And I get so frustrated looking at just even our public schools and our government buildings, just the amount of waste of money from, they don't manage the properties properly Mm -hmm. then they'll say oh well we need x amount of dollars for this improvement and then they don't manage the project being done so then they get to the end of the project and then say oh well we need more money and do we not recognize like okay that's our money that's it's not their money but i'm sorry sorry i agree with you that it's people that want that liberty Mm -hmm. and people that want things taken care of well think about the think about the implications of that though right yeah it's like the implication is anytime this isn't true with individuals necessarily although feudalism is something that i see happening right now but it's not like when when your friend helps you that's this is not the case but typically when the state steps in to solve a problem you have to relinquish some of your liberty to allow them to do that. Right. That's how it is, right? Even, uh, you know, whether it's a, uh, to a large or small scale, um, the idea. So I, this is this is kind of a, a thought experiment I pose to a lot of both my liberal and conservative friends. Like, every, I think everybody knows or knows of someone who probably should not uh, own a gun, right? Oh, uh, absolutely. Like, uh, I'm, I'm sure that everybody knows somebody like that. Now, the follow-on question is who gets to adjudicate that and who gets to decide who does and doesn't deserve that, right? Is it the government? Fuck no, right? Because we've seen how they use that power. So there are implications of this stuff. You surrender, you, you subjugate yourself to some degree to whomever you outsource your personal responsibilities to, and that is a fact. Now, when you just want to be left alone, I understand that. But the laissez-faire, live and let live, it doesn't work because there are there are nefarious actors out there who are trying to take advantage of how good things are here. Right. And if you don't stand your post, then they're going to capture institutions, and that's this is where we are now. Like all the conservatives uh, were 
for and it's, it's been a crazy 40 years or so to be honest because we've seen two so-called conservative presidents in reagan and bush jr rapidly expand the size of government right, right? and do very I, I don't i'm not sure what exactly they did that was conservative frankly uh at least not from an economic standpoint but uh and then you know we do you, do you know what the overton window is it's like the left and right limits of american politics basically so what's acceptable what where what what would be considered right and what would be considered left essentially is the overton window right it's moved precipitously towards the left because the right doesn't do anything and it's because i want to be left alone well here's the fucking result of wanting to be left alone that we need to go on offense yeah. but i interrupted you and what was that result the result is that we have Every government institution is captured by leftist nonsense now. I mean, the Department of Justice is refusing to prosecute obvious crimes, and they're they're covering things up, uh, uh, and then they're uh, conducting witch hunts against people that are in office right now without you know justification. Uh, the same thing with the IRS. The same thing with the intelligence community. It's it's it it's out. And then you know, in education, uh, luckily today, this stupid affirmative action nonsense and college admissions got struck down finally after you right. know 40 40 what was it 74 when that popped i think i don't remember it's a long time but um luckily that's gone now um you know and, and for some reason i didn't like all the slippery slope arguments about gay stuff back in the day because i think they're entitled to do whatever the fuck they want it regardless of i agree with that that. regardless of like how you feel about it you're not entitled to tell somebody else what they can and can't do with another human being that's of adult age right right? we just don't care yeah just i don't give a shit about you make those decisions just but when they started bringing kids into stuff like now we got to fight again like what the fuck man i thought this was over why are we doing this again exactly um but that's what happens right when you fall asleep at the wheel the good news is though i know it sounds ominous and and shitty but the good news is that almost all you have to do is pay attention and then react a little bit um and the government and corporations and things like this can't get away with the stuff they're trying to get away with all you have to do is just be kind of awake a little bit right agreed which is that's that's but most the depressing part because we this was completely unnecessary none of this shit had to happen but when you're silent for so long, then there's generations coming up that have only heard one side mm-hmm. and they think, oh, no one cares about this, so we're going to keep down this path. Mm-hmm. But now there are ramifications to that path that they're going down. And we're so far down to what you were saying on the left mm-hmm. that now it's going to be offense so that we're going to have to, we can't just sit back and wait and let this continue. Yeah. What's the quote that if uh, evil will continue to exist, if good men don't stand up mm. and say no more, that yeah, we yeah, can't that's... continue to allow this, that this is harming yeah, what it, we're founded on. Yeah, like uh, King George said to John Adams um, after... John Adams became the ambassador before he became vice president when he was the Continental Congress's ambassador to England. Um, they had a very frank conversation. John Adams said some things to a king that people in those days didn't say to kings. Um, 
and John Adams is a notorious dick as well, like a grumpy old dude from the time he was like six years old, I think. <laughs> uh, it's really funny. But he he made some very frank statements to, to the king about uh, only having allegiance to his own country, meaning America. And uh, King George's response was uh, and, uh, that he appreciated the statement, and he said, uh, an honest man will never have any other, right? Meaning... Uh, if you're a truly honest person, you won't abide bullshit around you. And what we tolerate matters. Like being tolerant is a good thing, but what we tolerate matters. I haven't heard that quote, but I really like mm. it. That Can you say it one more time? That, uh, 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 an honest man will never have any other, is, I believe is exactly what he said. Okay. Um, but yeah, it is a good quote. It's a good, it's a good thought, right? Because we all collectively hold each other accountable. And then, you know, there are people who are strong and people who are weak. There are people who, and it isn't just about strength and weakness or ignorance, or I guess it is about ignorance, but it's not just about smart and stupid either. Some people are just not tuned into this stuff. And so, there's just so much content coming yeah. at you that it's hard for people to navigate, okay, what is true? Mm. What is going on here? And right. I think when you get to that thought process of, trying to figure it out then a lot of people shut down because there is no absolute this is 100 percent what is going on yeah we, we it's we have no epistemology anymore right like a, a epistemology is the think of it as the dictionary of ideas that we've all agreed upon right like the, this is the set of facts these are the morals right. these are what's going on but yeah. there's so many different opinions so mm -hmm. many crazy stories and people shut down and just focus on what's in front of them and can tune out the bigger picture of what's happening yeah but it's a lot more nefarious now and it's something that noam chomsky talked about back in the day called manufacturing consent right it is uh corporate government and social pressure to force people not just into um believing compliance. something or not or not just into compliance but into into self-censoring themselves like they don't want to deal with this the fallout of saying well a woman is somebody with two x chromosomes and that's the end of the fucking conversation <laughs> right uh, it's been like that for two million years now so let's let's just move on from that they don't want to say this very simple fact because there are consequences that so you don't have to outlaw speech all you have to do is build consequences around them that makes that speech uncomfortable. It's, it, it's far more nefarious and it's far more effective than just banning speech as well. This episode of Citizen is brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Join the Black Rifle Coffee Club and get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door. Black Rifle Coffee Company is veteran operated and supports America's military, law enforcement, and first responders. Get premium coffee delivered every month. Choose your favorite roast, rounds, and delivery schedule anytime you like. Members also get free shipping and access to exclusive partner discounts. The best value you're going to get from Black Rifle Coffee is the coffee club. As again, you can choose the roast, whether you're like light, dark, or medium. You can choose the texture. You can choose whether you want uh, ground coffee, whether you want to grind it yourself and get whole bean, or if you use a Keurig and you want the coffee rounds and the delivery schedule with a wide uh, array of options for that. Get 20% off your first order with the code CITIZEN. So go to blackriflecoffee.com, sign up for the coffee club, use the code CITIZEN, and get 20% off your first order. This episode is also brought to you by FirstForm. FirstForm.com forward slash drink it bros. The product they really want you using is the Micro Factor. It's a complete daily nutrient 
pack. Now, what's in it? Antioxidants, CoQ10, great for heart health, multivitamins, uh, greens and reds, which is to say fruits and veggies, then EFA, which is to say fats that you need. And then they got a probiotic in there as well. It's an easy little pack. You just dump it all in your fucking mouth and swallow, uh, probably with some liquid, preferably water. Um, they got all kinds of other great products as well. Uh, talking about those meat sticks, the breakfast sausage meat stick is the best thing I've ever had in my life. And, of course, they have energy drinks. They've got all kinds of stuff over there. they got great protein. The best supplements on the market. If you spend over 75 bucks, you're going to get free shipping. So go to firstform.com forward slash Bros and get those deals. Does that remind you of some of the reasons written in our Declaration of Independence on why we split from Great Britain? Yeah. That are we at a similar place today and what do we do about it moving forward we started the revolution over like a two percent increase in tax on tea now it was that was the culmination of a lot of other stuff right right it was the it was essentially there were there were a number of factors the the lack of representation in the parliament um the the what was it called um the bond not the boston massacre the thing that had well maybe it was the boston massacre the boston Tea party? Uh, no, 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 no. It was, but it was. This is what precipitated the Boston Tea Party. I think it may have been the Boston massacre. But this, um, this British sergeant and his troops were attacked by this group called the Sons of Liberty, right? Which was right. Sam, Samuel Adams and his uh, knuckleheads. Um, they, somebody in the group, one of his privates, fired back on the crowd and killed somebody, and they put the entire group on trial. John Adams represented the British people in the trial. He got them exonerated because they had been attacked previously. Um, and then after that, the British Crown issued a declaration that all for all future crimes will be tried in England instead of in America in their court system. And that was one of the final straws as well. That's that's what led to the Boston Tea that Party. Basically, said you're not going to have these false lawsuits or right. whatever is going on well, where we means, can't defend ourselves yeah. and making it in a place where we can't get to easily. Right. That that it does seem very similar to what is going yeah. on yeah i mean today. now now the i don't know what the average effective tax rate for people is um but it's got to be somewhere in the 20 percent range probably like 20 percent of your money just evaporates as soon as you get it um even and I even have no capital problem gains now. giving an amount of money if it mm. was used properly or if it was yeah. managed for the causes and the purposes that they say but it's right. not well like a, a nonprofit has to issue something called a 990 every year right? right which is a form that shows all how all the revenue came in and how all of it went out every single cent has to be accounted for and the government can't figure this shit out are you serious like, exactly that's... but then they're going to hire how many agents to make sure we're doing it the proper way but they can't do it the proper way I that there's seven thousand new ones is the number which seems like a lot. They Armed. said it was to target billionaires, but do you know how many billionaires there are in, on the entire earth? I don't. What's the number? 1,300. So there's going to be, I don't know. And what's wrong with someone becoming yeah. a billionaire? Don't you want to live in a place where you can come from nothing and then you can become a billionaire? A individual is a much better steward mm. of their money than the government. So what's wrong with them getting to a place that they're providing jobs, mm -hmm. they're providing opportunity, they're 
giving back and creating new jobs that the government's not. Yeah, What's wrong crazy. with that? I don't know. I mean, you know, there's an old saying. I can't remember who said it. Um, it may be Thomas Sowell who said it, but he said socialists don't love the poor. They hate the rich. You know what and, I mean? It's and, like it's like high school girl jealousy kind of is what right. I read from that shit. It's really And dumb. the people that are successful, they do get hated on. But why do we do that? Why do we not want to look to them and ask questions of how did you get there? How mm. did you build that company that's making an impact on their community well, and their family? Right. Like right. They, so collectivism isn't about from from the ground up, the idea of collectivism is really powerful because um, typically when people feel like their rights are secured and they don't have to be on guard about their rights and their property and shit all the time, they are more generous in those periods that this is, this is a pretty well documented fact. So, uh, during economic booms in both the Bush years and then the recovery in the Obama years, and even in the late nineties during the dot-com bubble, the United States population was the number one contributor to global charity aside from the United States government, right? We were number right. two. No uh, no government except for our own beat us in charitable giving during those times. So that's how it typically operates in a well-functioning Western uh, country that people become more generous uh, when conditions are better, right? right? So collectivism from the bottom, the idea that we're all in this together, which I think is a true statement and we need to take care of each other, uh, is very important. But collectivism from the top down, from the state, that's not what it is. It's a, they're weaponizing your empathy, right, to take control of you. That's essentially what's happening. They're, they're telling you <clears throat> that forget about all this aspirational stuff and doing well. You have to be part of the machine, Right. And you have to function as your part of the machine so the entire machine can run. It's and like, they don't want you to step outside of that. Right. Because you're a threat when you do that, because other people are going to start stepping outside of it. And becoming self-sustaining, which mm -hmm. they do. They want us to be self-sustaining. It doesn't seem like it because they want us to rely on their services and mm -hmm. they rely on what they're doing so that they can continue the programs and continue expanding right. them and continue taking the money and people buy into mm -hmm. it and maintain their own power right like some, at think. some point at some point the the purpose of government stops being to service its community and starts becoming to just propagate its own existence right right um but yeah you know as, as is always the case um the solution is found inside the problem so you ask earlier like what are you supposed to do about this or how do we fix this stuff uh you know just walk backwards from what caused it the reliance on government um if you want to reduce the size of government, you can vote for some politician that's going to lie to you and say they're going to do it. They're not, I promise you, because they never have. The only, there's only one politician in it. government that's even tried in the last 40 years, and it's uh, Thomas Massey. He's the only one. But you can help reduce the size of government by doing this. You can find problems that the government is trying to solve, and you can help solve them yourself outside of the government, right? Because just like Tinkerbell, their power only exists if we all agree it does. Right. And if we solve the problem before they get there, then they have nothing to do and nobody's relying on them anymore and nobody gives a shit about them anymore, right? That's how it works. And I it, love and, that. It, and it works from a very low level. Um, and, and as you said before, the problem does seem really big. You're not going to solve hunger, but you might be able to solve that dude's hunger over there right now, right? Like you, There's something you could do every single day right. to help fix these problems. And you and, can teach that man to... Right. Fish, you know the saying mm -hmm. of 
teaching a man how to fish, not giving them the fish. If you teach one person or show one person how to be self-sustaining or how they can make a difference, then they can continue to do it to Mm -hmm. the next person and so on. And tell me about, um, like what inspired you to get involved in this kind of stuff, I guess, because like you have a good sense of what's going on in the country and, you know, you have good values in my opinion. Um, but what made you decide to start talking about it, I guess, because you're already at a point where you're pretty successful business wise and you don't need to be doing this. This episode of citizens is also brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Right now, Ghostbed is offering 40% off Ghostbed bundles where you get a mattress and an adjustable base for everything else. 30% off if you use the code drinking bros at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. If you get the uh, 40% off deal, if you use the 40% off bundle deal, you're going to get uh, a mattress and all your stuff, your base, your sheets, your pillows, all this stuff for about 30 to 35 bucks a month. They've got a zero down, 0% financing plan for up to 60 months, six zero months at five years, uh, about the lifespan of the average bed. So it works out great for you, works out great for uh, the company. So go check it out. Go to ghostbed.com for slash drinker bros. Whether you're in the market for a bed, uh, an adjustable base, whether you just need sheets or pillows or any of that stuff, they got the best, the mattress protector, the weighted blanket. They have everything you need there. 30% off everything. Use the code drinking bros at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Or if you need that adjustable base as well and the mattress, get the bundle and everything else you add onto that deal is 40% off. Right. That speaking up seemingly can be harmful for your mm-hmm. personal business that People go crazy or get canceled and political things can be divisive. But for me personally, I feel a duty to protect our foundations and try to get back to our roots and protect. I just feel a duty to be involved. I've woken up in the middle of the night out of frustrations and saying, okay, what can I do? And holding my hands up and being like, God, how can I help? Show me ways that you can use me to be a part of the solution. And I, I think it takes many people, and it's a very humbling thing that no one person, there. I don't believe in political saviors. I don't believe in individuals changing it on their own, that it takes right. many people across the country to, one, recognize where we are, then two, okay, what can we do about it? then three, actually do it. And I pray to have that courage. I pray to have courage to step up when things are wrong and not have any fear of what someone's going to say about me, of how silly it is for me to start a podcast. I have a real estate career. I love what I do. And in real estate, by the way, more maybe more than any other industry outside of media, you can very easily associate somebody's name with things they've said if they're publishing them right right you if i type your name into google right now there's going to be a million different hits because of every property you've ever listed your company any kind of right. other stuff you've ever done so it's like and there it's is, not like it's not like you're a nurse somewhere not not i'm not talking shit about nurses but it's not like you're a nurse somewhere and you're afraid to post stuff on twitter because you might get fired but right. that, like who's that your name right? and your reputation yeah. matters yeah. and it's directly and related it's, to your specific business too so right and yeah. I think just growing up in that business that I'm the product of, mm. I was born in a little 
duplex that my dad had the abusive alcoholic father that it was capitalism that it was him starting his business it was taking a risk that's a very hard thing to do to be an entrepreneur i believe that entrepreneurs are at war with our country right now because of the hardships that are created from the government putting limitations on small businesses and anyone that does succeed wanting to take from them and so I just felt like it was important for me to be involved to start I grew up going to the public meetings Mm. and seeing the behind the scenes of how things work and I felt like I was in a position that okay can I speak up about some of these things and create real solutions moving forward and I just love the country too much I see the people that come here that want the best for their family and what's ahead of them that I want to do everything that I can to protect the next generation Mm -hmm. that I've been able to have the success because the people that have gone before me I want to do the same for those going forward so and sharing people's stories as well you've had a, a couple of uh so far, a couple of people who are immigrants, right? right, who've come from pretty dire circumstances, which is, that's not always the case. Some immigrants just come here and, you know, because uh, some people are just able to, which is right. nice, right? From I mean, Iran, Brazil, yeah. but, Honduras. That, yeah, some of these places that people come from are uh, fucked, right? Right. And, and they have been for a very long time. Right. So those and people seem to have And they see it and recognize really... it and sharing those stories yeah. was important to me. And it was just in the everyday life that I wanted to share the stories of those people, the leaders behind nonprofits of why are you <laughs> doing what you're doing that um, to just share the those stories. And with veterans of the sacrifices mm. that they made, why did you do it? That's your life that you risked for your country and sharing that American pride that I care about and um, so that's why I started it I'm not good at it mm-hmm. but just figuring it out but I again I mean I do real estate full-time I'm just feel, trying to do what I feel called to do which I think everybody has an opportunity to do that in their life sure yeah well you've always uh, from some stories you've told me uh, you've always been kind of ballsy like uh, <laughs> you you were a cheerleader at Clemson, right? Right. But that was a that, pretty weird circumstance. Can you tell me before we get out of here? I want to hear. I want people to hear this because it's really fucking funny to me. <laughs> it is a funny circumstance, but I was not planning on going to Clemson. Mm. I was not planning on cheering in college. My high school did not have a football team. I'd never cheered a high school football game, but I went down to Clemson. I went to a football game. I loved it, and my dad said why don't you try out? Mm. And I was like, that's ridiculous. I've never done competition cheerleading. I've never done anything like that. I don't know how to do the flips. Like, I don't know anything about this. And he was like, no, I think you can. And my dad, to me, has always been such an inspiration Mm. that he, I literally write on my wrist, B-T-B-U-C-B-T, which is be the best that you can be today. Mm. And I've seen him in his life take risks coming from a place where, like I said, circumstances would say that you cannot succeed but he did and so he was like why don't you just try and so just with the Clemson cheerleading I was like well 
I guess I can try to do some of the training. And I had a trainer at um, my high school mm. that was there for a year. She cheered in college. And I was like, well, you teach me how to do the flips in a short amount of time. And I was like, okay, I can do a back handspring. That's all I can do. So I learned how to do a tuck, a layout and keep going. I didn't know all of the terms, mm. but I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll go try out for Clemson football cheerleading. I walk in, all of these girls had been doing it for years and it was a three day, um, tryout period. I haven't thought about this for a while. It was a three day tryout period. I made it past the first day and I was like, mm. holy moly. Mm. After the first cuts, the second day, uh, I, had a girl up in the air she fell she gave me the biggest black eye ever and I didn't cry they were like oh this girl must be tough and mm. then I went to prom that night came back for the results with your of black eye with my black oh, eye nice. they thought my makeup was all messed up I was like no it's a full-on <laughs> black eye and so I went to prom that night came back the next day they posted the final round numbers <clears throat> and I had made it to the third day mm -hmm. And then the final cut and was able to cheer the first football game in Death Valley, 80, 90,000 people. Big, yeah. that, and then being a part of a program where Dabo Sweeney grew those men, it wasn't mm. just about the football, but he was growing men. It was so inspiring and it was so cool to be a part of that program that I shouldn't have been. I wasn't trained to do the cheer tumbling yeah. all that that's but a weird it was... thing to just try out for to be honest i know uh, it's it kind of like, is it's like uh uh you get a new job like oh, i'm gonna go to try to uh be a salesperson or do hr or something that that's what people try or i'm gonna uh i don't know but something where you have to do fucking backflip seems like a weird thing to just try i know out for. but it was so fun <laughs> so and why why would you not take the risk when you look at your life as a whole why if you look back and you didn't do some of those things wouldn't you always regret it or at least i think that way i do too i think uh people almost exclusively regret things they didn't do or try at the end of their life, not stuff that they tried and failed or right. stuff that they did that was a mistake. Maybe I don't think people regret that. And you learn so much through those failures that you mm -hmm. learn, oh, maybe I should have done this way. And it leads you to the next thing that you have to wake up every day and like, this is my life. This is, I love the Dakota Myers, what he says of own the dash that mm -hmm. you wake up every day and you can you don't get to choose the day you're born or the day that you die, but what's in between. And I think for me, it's something that I try to be prayerful about is mm. every day, just putting my hands up of God, how can you use me today? Show me the path that you have before me and not my will, but yours be done. And so that's how I'm trying to live. And I think I've navigated through a bunch of different circumstances and I'm excited to see where that continues, but I want to encourage others to take that risk, speak up when things are not the way it should be, that mm -hmm. you may feel a little silly at first, but you've got to look at the your life as a whole and the impact that you're making in that moment. It, it may not, it's not about yourself, but it mm -hmm. may be about someone else that you're encouraging, you know? Yeah, to me, that's the number one rule of life. It's not about you. You know what I mean? Like every meaningful thing you do in your life will be in the service of other people. Right. That's a fact. Because, I mean, j just anecdotally speaking, do something for yourself and then do something for somebody else and experience their reaction and see which one makes you feel 
better. I, right. I think it's very obvious we're built to be social creatures, right? Because uh, we need each other to survive like that. So obviously that's how it's going to be. Right. Being self-centered doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think, I mean, we're, we're living in a self-centered culture now and look at how nihilistic everybody is. Like, especially teenagers, the rate of suicide amongst teenagers has never been higher than it is right now where, you know, and it's a social media, a fake world that mm. just be yourself. You're created so uniquely mm. for purposes given to you before you're even born that walk in those and have the courage to speak up and move forward that, um, I love what you're doing of the list of what it means to be a citizen, mm. that it is bigger than yourself, that we do have a duty as an American citizen to watch out for others, for protecting the liberty, that it's not just about commerce. I loved mm. that one. That was another one that I chose on here, that I will place virtue above commerce. My efforts toward the public good will always trump my efforts towards my own mm. good. And that we, if we can live by some of these principles and encourage others to do the same, maybe that's where it continues to improve the state of our nation sure yeah i mean i don't think becoming less self-centered is going to be a bad thing for us probably right i mean <laughs> we'll see uh i really enjoy your message uh you've got uh your story's fun the cheerleading thing is really when did you graduate by the way 16 uh so, so 2016 the year they won that their first national title since 81 nice. so it was kind of crazy mm. we went to the national championship in Arizona. We lost against Alabama. Then the next in 2015, year, yeah. 2015, right. yep. but well, really it's January of 2017. Right, so it's yeah, the 2016 yeah. season. So then the next year went to Tampa. Mm. It was a lot of my friends playing football and cheering. And in the last few seconds, number eight through to 28, Deshaun Watson. Watson to Hunter Renfro. And what was even crazier is the verse for the year was Romans 828. Mm. And so for the season to end, and then on the front cover of Tampa Bay Times was 8 to 28. That mm. it just shows it's so much bigger than football. It's so much bigger than um it was just such a cool, such a cool experience. So mm. well that's I love fun that. that you got to do that. Um especially 16, that was a good win. It wasn't quite the blowout that the one, what was it, in 2020, I think they just annihilated uh, uh, Bama. But, yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate what you're doing. I'm trying to have more people. Like, there's not enough There's not enough women doing what you're doing, in my opinion. There's a, a lot. Dudes like to do this. They like to talk about stuff. <laughs> right. But, but women, when they become uh, secure and content, tend to just live their lives and manage the it, people around them. You know what I mean? It's so much easier to be silent and not be sure. involved in things. And it's not for everybody either. I don't think, right. I, I mean, obviously not everybody's going to do it, but I've noticed amongst my, um, my female friends, they typically, even the ones in this industry, they tend to kind of veer off away from it once they get involved. Well, once they, once they achieve, it's not even achieving a level of success. It's just, um, this is all bullshit. You know what I mean? All this social media stuff is nonsense. It's not real. It's just, and, and I think it weighs more heavily on women than it does on men. So I, I understand why they do it. So I appreciate you doing this stuff. It's nice. I agree. Well, thank <clears throat> you for having me today. And thanks for what you're doing and encouraging mm -hmm. people in their paths and mm -hmm. duty as a 
an American citizen. You just looked at your notes. Is there something else you want to say before we get out of here? Um, Go ahead. Not, not really. I was just looking back at some of the things that of sharing part of the podcast of the stories that I wanted to share comes from, um, in Philippians where it says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things and encourage and consider how we may spur one another along in our paths. Mm-hmm. And if that can be through podcast or social media, there are positive ways to use the social media platform. Sure, yeah. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah, no tool is intrinsically down. good or bad. Right. Um, I don't think. I'm sure I could think of one that's intrinsically bad, but um, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of wisdom there, certainly. And and my favorite is First uh, Thessalonians five twenty one. Paul says to the Thessalonians to study old things and to hold fast to what's true. It's like it's like an appeal to epistemology. It's like the idea is that we're not trying to don't just believe what I'm saying. It's a it's a very first century version of don't just trust me bro you know what i mean go actually right uh look stuff Live up for yourself yeah i like i always like that seek, one seek ask seek yeah you'll there's find. nothing wrong with asking questions or no that's a great holding thing people accountable um well look thanks for coming today i really appreciate it thank you yes ma'am and thank you all for listening this has been citizen bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store to out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.